Welcome to The Mindful Apprentice, brought to you by Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology. In this podcast series, we want to share stories and information to help everyone make the apprenticeship a success, whether you're an employer or the apprentice. We've interviewed a wide range of apprentices, employers, specialists, charities and clinicians to make this series. Wherever you're listening, we hope you'll find it helpful. Hello, I'm Dominic Arkwright. In this programme, recognising the signs of poor mental health. So for me, it's it's struggling to get out of bed in the morning. It kind of feels like I'm watching everybody and can see and observe, like I guess, everything going on around me, but just don't feel engaged with any of it. I think for myself, when I started to lose interest in everything that I'd always had an interest in, so I was massive on my football and I used to play football every day um, as soon as school finished until I went to bed. And I think I suddenly lost a lot of interest in doing that. Um, Then day on, day after day, just not enjoying anything that I'd previously enjoyed. And I started getting involved with the, the wrong crowd of individuals and my personality changed massively and I think my parents seen that and the, the few friends that I did have did also notice that I ended up losing those friends because I became a person that I that I didn't like and I think I did that because I felt like that was going to make my like make me better as an individual but it just deteriorated my mental health even more uh, because the actual close people that I did have I pushed them away. Waking up every day feeling extremely sick nauseous you, you you can't get out of bed you you've got your banging headache you you're sweating all of these horrible anxious feelings and you're not even consciously worrying about anything it's all subconscious and that's the most irritating thing it's all subconscious it's not like you're even there worrying about anything but it's so driven in and trained into your brain you can't get out of it it's kind of like a dark cloud above your head you know the dark dog sitting on your shoulder for no no apparent reason, you would wake up in the morning and you would just feel lethargic, um, tired, not not having any drive, no motivation, not wanting to move or do anything, almost feeling like you're stuck in a corner and you just can't get out of that corner um, and your brain almost won't let you move out of that corner, I suppose. So that, that to me was depression. It was just a kind of um, almost feeling like you're in a self-imposed jail. So when I was sort of feeling really bad, anxious, worried, when I was in that really, really bad state, it got to a point where I I wanted to give up, to be totally honest with you. I wanted to give up. I wanted to just throw away everything that I'd done. I, I didn't want to go out and work anymore. Some points when it was really, really bad, I literally didn't even want to be here anymore. But poor mental health doesn't usually just appear suddenly. You won't notice it at first or at least categorise it like that. Nick Morgan, now a mental health disruptor, suffered from depression for around 20 years before he was diagnosed. This is it. I think at the time I didn't quite realise it. I just felt, I thought it was more questioning, is something wrong? I can't, this doesn't feel right or is this just life? And no one at the time was telling us that, what where that line was. It was only later on I realised that I yeah, definitely could have done with help. And obviously as a, as a 17 18 year old at the time I wasn't maybe educated and well I wasn't educated enough to know much about mental health so could have done with some like I said a tutor or, or even some people I guess the professional bodies that people doing apprenticeships work with need to be aware as well 
And that's what this programme is about, becoming aware of changes in yourself or in other people, looking for signs of stress, anxiety and depression. If you can spot the signs, you can do something about it. So what should we be looking out for? Let's start with Jordan Keane, Deputy Head of Apprenticeships at South Devon College. It's if you notice a change in yourself and it's a change that you that isn't a positive one or if friends or family notice a change in you, it could be a, a telltale sign. So it could be mood swings, it could be that you're normally quite a happy-go-lucky person but all of a sudden you find yourself snapping at quite small things here and there or if you start to push away individuals that you, you're normally close, so loved ones, family members, um, start to kind of go a bit withdrawn in yourself and, and you know, really turn into somebody that you that either you notice that you're becoming somebody that you weren't before or somebody else actually says that to you and says look you know are you okay that you aren't yourself and this is crucial we're looking for change and that could be changes in your performance at work or in your studying in this little sequence we're going to hear from paul reeve chief executive of the mental health charity mind in cornwall Chartered Occupational Psychologist Emily Hutchinson and Tim Francis, Head of Mental Health Commissioning in Cornwall. But first, Dr Adrian Flynn, a consultant psychiatrist. You might start to uh, avoid communal areas at work or places where you might just check in with people because you no longer feel that you've got that same sense of confidence about who you are in the workplace. Some people might want to avoid work altogether. Some people might take longer breaks. They might not be as focused on the time because they're distracted by their thoughts. They might not be as focused on the work because they're distracted by their symptoms of anxiety or stress. You may begin to worry a lot. Worry about the quality of work that you do, you do or worry about the way in which other people are understanding your work. So how is it going to be judged by your seniors? Uh, how is it going to be judged by the other people? It might be around working in appropriate hours. It might actually be that that person is working constantly as a diversion tactic to avoid other things. Or it might be, conversely, that somebody's completely disengaged from their workload. You can't get hold of them. They are not taking pride in their work. They're not responding to things. and They're not being effective workers in the way that, that, that they have been. Uh, so I think the key thing to look for is change. So I think changes of performance would be one thing that I would say. So if you've got good performers who suddenly aren't performing so well, um, then that would be something that I'd certainly be looking for. I think, um, you know, problems with relationships. So if people are kind of falling out or if there's kind of less communication, less collaboration perhaps than normal. So if there's any of those changes, I'd be looking for that. You probably notice if there's changes to levels of energy, you know, if someone is normally enthusiastic and then they're not being, they're being a bit flat about things. You may find that your concentration, you struggle with that. Uh, for some people, that means that they can't finish tasks. Uh, for other people who may be more uh, orientated towards perfectionism, they may get increasingly focused on tasks and, and uh, again, still fail to, uh, fail to finish or complete them to the, to the standards that they would like. I think decision-making can be affected. It can be hard for people to be as uh, decisive and clear as they would like to be. Uh, and gradually this can affect your confidence in terms of how you work. And of course, it's not just in the workplace that these signs start to appear. It can affect our whole lives. Here are some more signs to look out for from Julia Wildfire Roberts and Emma Russell from the mental health charity Pentreath. 
You might experience times where you are overthinking things, you know, where a simple um, decision might take you much longer. Um, you might have it going round and round and round in your head. You, you may start to feel like uh, you need to isolate yourself from friends and family. Why would they want to hang around with me? Your self-esteem and confidence can reduce greatly. Um, you may experience, you know, huge amounts of anxiety without even realising that's what it is. So you may become snappy, you may become irritable, you may become... Um, where you can't sit still where you're up down up down and uh, it's self-medicating can be a sign so smoking more drinking more um, you know people do engage in casual drugs and riskier behaviors sometimes so it's it can often be when you when you're not quite yourself and this goes on for a longer period of time somebody could become tearful or emotional um, we might find somebody becomes agitated or maybe have an outburst feeling unable to cope, um, feeling uh, not feeling motivated, struggling with your sleep, appetite. You know, you might become fearful in situations where it's never been an issue for you before, you know, family parties, but suddenly you think, what am I going to wear? What am I going to talk about? What if they ask me about this? And the fear factor starts going up. Then you start thinking, well, you know, what's wrong with me? They're all fine. They can do what they're, what they're doing and what's wrong with me? And then you start seeing it as a problem. So you back off even more. Your self-esteem gets knocked. Your, your confidence gets knocked. Your, your ability to kind of be resilient in situations and take time and say no to people it can reduce so starting to feel overwhelmed by your life um, in in all different areas in any way can be an, an indicator that something's starting to happen and here's paul reeve again from the charity mind so generally speaking i think early symptoms would be unlikely to be spotted by somebody else they, there's something you need to start looking at in yourself so if sleep isn't good if you start to think unhealthy thoughts, if your diet isn't good, if you stop taking care of yourself, if you stop actually thinking about other people. It's very, um, I think when you become poorly or, or you start to become uh, unhappy, the tendency is to think more about yourself than other people. So personally, I think that's an indicator. And what about if you're looking out for other people, whether as a friend, a colleague or a manager or a training provider? So the changes I would look for in my colleagues are um, an over-engagement or a disengagement with their role. I would look for how they communicate with their colleagues. I would look for an effectiveness. If I worked in manufacturing, I would look for outputs. If I worked in um, a caring industry, I would look for how well they're engaging with the people that they, they, they care with, they care for. I think there's something about presentation as well. I think if people are unkempt in a way that they haven't previously been, or if they're not looking after themselves, then that can be an indicator. Um, we all look different if we haven't slept. So I think that, that can be an indicator too. So I think being visually aware is important for a manager. And a lot of employers will be training managers to look out for signs of dipping mental health. Paul Ballard is Technology Strategy and Enterprise Architecture Director at Nationwide Building Society. So we're very much looking at, starting to look at line manager training. So it's just really, as a line manager, are you really looking to see whether the person's okay? You know, are you spotting their patterns of behaviour? Are they changing? Are they working within their normal parameters? You know, are they spending the right sort of hours at work? You know, there's a list goes on. So there's, there's very much training we're looking at about how do line managers understand mental health so that when you ask somebody, are you, are you okay, you can spot the 
the real answer rather than maybe the answer they want to give. And Nationwide has systems in place to help apprentices who are struggling. Many larger employers will, according to Rob Wheeler, Link Governor at Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology. Most employers have got kind of employee assistance programmes, they've got mechanisms to to tap into, but sometimes employers are really kind of head in the sand when it comes to mental health. It is one of those things that we don't really talk about here. So the more employers can start talking about mental health, the better the country will be, and better employers will be, and better employees will be, because people can start talking about it in a more kind of open and frank way. This isn't about people saying, I need to have a day off because I just don't feel it today. This is about people some days really struggling with their mental health and needing the ability to take some time, a couple of hours, whatever else it might be. It's showing that flexibility. Is as an employer, if you can be flexible with your workforce, they will be flexible with you. Rob Wheeler. So you should be looking out for signs of mental ill health. Your colleagues should be. Your managers should be. What about your training provider? Daniel Foy from New College Swindon. Normally it will be the lecturer in the classroom that would maybe notice first. So it might be that they're not as engaged as usual, their attendance has dropped off, their persona has changed. We are trained in the college to look out for lots of different ways to tell if somebody is starting to dip or they're starting to disengage with us. And that's when either myself, the lecturer or another member of staff, because actually as a college we're all, all of us here are responsible for making sure that our students are safe. We do have a wellbeing team that they can access, but actually we have a number of resources that we are also able to signpost them to as well. And the final word today goes to Rob Wheeler. I think the idea that people have physical health and people have mental health Um, and acknowledge that people will have some challenges with their mental health at times. And acknowledging that and allowing that to be okay, and we're trying to remove over time the stigma that's attached with mental health issues, I think is going to mean that people are generally happier in work and happier in life. Rob Wheeler. Next time, we'll start looking at what you should do if you feel you're struggling. Who should you talk to? Where can you turn for help? Until then, I'm Dominic Arkwright. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Mindful Apprentice. We hope you found something in it which was helpful to you or perhaps a colleague or friend, whether you're a new starter or a seasoned professional. If you've been affected by anything you've heard in the podcast or want to find out more about organisations which can provide help and support, go to sawiot.ac.uk forward slash The Mindful Apprentice. (laughs) 